unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Do you get the song yet? Do you guys know the words to it yet? Hey, what's up? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. No boys and girls. We use colorful language on this show. Hey, it's me, Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, back with another edition of the Raw and Unscripted Show, where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And boy, am I excited tonight. We have a great guest that's going to be coming up here in just a minute. But I'm also excited for so many different reasons. I am excited because... Um, great things are happening in my life. I'm making great things happen in my life. I am making great things happen in other people's lives. I am so blessed, um, that you guys are here with us either live on the show or watching the replay. Thank you so much. I really, truly appreciate it from the bottom of my kick-ass heart. Um, as at the time of this recording right now, we are in December, 2020. We are coming to the end of a year that has been for me. And I know for most of you, I'm going to guess, uh, has been one of challenge, uh, challenge of finding your familiarity with uncertainty, your challenge with the unknown, challenge with um, having to do different things differently, technology, whatever it is. 2020 has been a year of challenge. Let's just face it. And through that, some of us have become stronger and have more vision and have more pivotability, flexibility in our lives because we know that Anything at any time can happen and take the rug out from under us. And we've learned how to pivot and be able to adapt. And then there's some of us who are stuck. And then unfortunately, there's a, there's a few of us who have backslid. And, uh, and unfortunately, I've had, I've had the opportunity to talk to people in all three of those categories. And hello, Teresa Noel Silcox. You are a rock star. What's up, Darlene? My two faves right in here, right in here, right on time. Look at you guys. I love you. I love you. I love you. I had the blessing of talking to one of these two individuals today. I'm not going to tell you which one, but it was such an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for reaching out. Um, again, I'm still doing these complimentary coaching sessions. It's my way of, especially here at Christmas, right? I wasn't even, I was only going to do them for like a month because I mean, it's, it comes out of my pocket of what I'm doing. I'm giving away, but at the same time, it's been such a blessing to be able to meet you guys on zoom, um, and have conversations and, and see what's going on in your lives and, and just have you get to know me and just create this community and this family of, of kick-ass awesome people. I call you guys my misfits for life. Um, it was something I came up with just arbitrarily and I'm like, okay, I'm a misfit. I want misfits for life. So you guys are misfits for life. So thank you very much. Uh, the conversation today was just, uh, awesome. The support from all you guys has just been tremendous. I did a walk and talk this morning, a walk and talk video. If you guys don't, aren't familiar with me, uh, I do walk and talk videos usually once a week, twice a week, sometimes. Um, and I haven't done it for a couple of weeks because I haven't been walking because I have back issues and it's sciatic pain and all this other stuff, numbness in my foot. But today I went out walking and there you guys were again, supporting me, listening to the message that we've got to share. And that's just my ultimate absolute legacy in this world is that every day that I'm alive, that I'm using my voice, I'm using my passion, I'm using my knowledge, I'm using my experience to help further the progress of mankind. And I know that sounds like a grandiose statement, but it really isn't. And you think about it. There's 7 billion, 7 billion people on this planet. <clears throat> if we just got you know, a quarter of them or half of them just to wake up and realize that if they just put out the effort to make the world a better place every single day that they're alive, can you imagine how different the world would be overnight? And that's something we could all do. If we could all use our social media and we could all use our influence and all use our communication powers and said, you know, like we've done those, you know, boycotts, we're not going to buy from this place from that day. But can you imagine if we shifted that to be purposeful and said, hey, listen, ladies and gentlemen, 
let's all make a pact for the next seven days. As many people as we can get, let's just go out and do one nice thing every single day. Let's pick up some trash. Let's go help somebody who needs a meal. Let's go help an elderly person with their yard. Let's go do something. Let's go volunteer at a soup kitchen. Um, let's go out and make the world a better place for who it is and what we do. When you go to bed at night, there's a, there's such a feeling of, of fullness. And I'm not talking about in your stomach. I'm talking about in your heart. When you give and you help people and you see them smile, you see them find hope in a meaningless and a hopeless situation, not a meaningless situation, a hopeless situation. You know, that's the greatest gift that you can give knowing that maybe you, you donated some money that you know, that that's going to go to feed hungry people. Um, you know, right now in the time of our lives, we have such an opportunity. If you have abundance in your life, one of the best gifts you can give is give to other people. And that's one of the things that I like to do. I like to do my coaching and give it to people. Um, I only do it once. I don't give you a bunch of coaching free, but uh, again, if you guys are interested in that, you guys can hit me up in the chat or afterwards. And we can talk about that because um, I'm excited to say that I have my group coaching program coming out with Scott Goyette. We're going to be doing a free masterclass this Friday at 3 PM Pacific standard time. So if you're interested in that, find me on Facebook and uh, hit me up for that. I'll send you an invitation. It's a private event at this point because we want to keep it exclusive. We want it really to be uh, positioned for the people who are really ready to make 2021 an absolute banner year. I look at things like, okay, 2020 has been a, has been a growth year for me, like growing internally, establishing relationships, doing my shows more, getting involved in more different things. Now I'm on the board for Help Heal Humanity. Scott and I are doing a bunch of stuff going into corporations next year. Um, so we want the people who are really excited, like 2021 is going to be my bitch. And I hate to really talk like that, but you just got to really have that attitude, that swagger to say 2021 is mine. I have been a victim. I have had all this other shit going on in my life, but 2021 I'm going to own. And here's an example of how I'm going to do it. I'm 51 years old right now. And I'm dang proud of it. Uh, I'm going to be 52 in February and I have a four-year-old son. So for me, <clears throat> I was talking with one of my coaching clients tonight and I said, you know, one of the exercises I was having him do was to define what his best was. And I said, you know what? I'm going to bring my best next year because at 52 years old, I'm going to get in probably the best shape of my life because I know I, when I'm in that, that mode, when I'm in that, like I'm going to be healthy, eat clean, <clears throat> be positive. It adds to my, it adds to my enthusiasm, uh, uh, definitely, but it's about that pushing. It's about that. It's about that wanting to grow and become more every week. I look back and I say, I'm not the same person I was last week. And that's just super, super exciting. So I, we want you guys there. So if you're interested in that, um, please, please, uh, sign up for that. It's free. We're going over, uh, the core of the program, but you know, you're going to get something out of it, but we want you guys to show up and participate because for me personally, I wouldn't be where I'm at had I not invested in myself in masterminds, in coaches. Uh, I've been in one-on-one -on -one coaching. I've been in group coaching. I've been in masterminds. That's why I'm sitting in front of you today doing the show because I had people around me that said, hey, okay, Chris, you could do this. You could do this. I was the suit and tie guy. And they said, okay, do the kick-ass thing. So you got to be around the right people. And speaking about the right people, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys all for being here. Teresa, Darlene, um, Rockstar Larry, Ellie, Nicole, what's happening? Hi, handsome Chris. Best wishes to you and your family. Happy holidays. Great to see you. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm excited. Uh, I had a conversation with this guy that I'm bringing on here in just a second. I can't even remember. It was, uh, it was this year. I pretty, I'm pretty sure. And we just fell into conversation. We just started talking and before we knew it, it was already been 45 minutes, like an hour. And I said, dude, I got to have you on my show because I love having those authentic conversations. And I got to tell you this, he's coming from the UK. Um, and it is three o'clock in the morning there and he wanted to be live on this raw and unscripted show. So I'm excited to welcome junior Herbert, junior Herbert. How are you, sir? Tonight or today? I am good. Thank you very much. Chris for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. How are you doing today? Fuck, I'm on fire. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Like I told you right before we came on, I'm a little tired. 
little congested, but anytime that I get an opportunity to do what I love to do, it's immediately the enthusiasm kicks in and I'm just, I'm just jazzed. I'm just fired up. I know after this, I'm going to be like, Oh, I'm tired. I got to go get my son a bath. But for right now, for this hour with you, I am super jazzed that you're here and that's not even anything fake. Um, so just appreciate you getting up, making that extra effort to do your best to be here live with us. Uh, I truly appreciate it. We've got a bunch of people here in the room already. Um, just lighting it up and I can't thank them all enough, but, uh, so junior, um, one of the things I talked about in, there in the opening, which you heard is the fact that we've been going through COVID this entire year, pretty much since March. And I know you guys are over in the UK and I'm always keen to ask my guests who are in other parts of the world, how it's been for them over in their part of the world. So kind of give us in the USA a different perspective or a perspective that might be a little bit different from what's going on here. But how has it been for you, the COVID experience? Well, the COVID experience for me has been, it's been challenging like everyone else. Um, because I don't, I knew, um, I know quite a lot of people who suffer from anxiety, you know, depression and just reaching them out on, if not a daily basis, like every week, just to see how they, how they are. Um, it's so, um, I would say it's such a, a blessing as well, just to like reach out to these people and just see how they're doing. But majority of the people here in the UK have been, you know, very upset and, you know, it, be very upset because they, here in the UK, they like to, especially in London, they want to, you know, go out drinking on a Friday night and Saturday night and just being restricted is a, it's, you know, it's such a, such a thing that they can't like ex express. So they'd be trapped at home all the time. And um, a lot of people, are just like worrying when they get it, things are going to turn back to normal. But this is the new normal now. You know, we wear face masks everywhere we go. Um, they've been locked down twice early in March, and we just come out of lockdown in um, certain parts in the UK on December the second. So people are just rushing back out there. You know, getting back to normality. Like even myself, because um, earlier on, I would say yesterday, um, I went to one of my favorite cafes that I like to go that go there and do a bit of work. So just for me, it's just like sense of relief. But from about March to about uh, March to November, you know, everyone's just stuck at home. You know, uh, you can't go to family's houses. So we're just um, doing Zoom meetings all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what it is, Zoom meetings. That it's, it's such a weird norm, but, you know, it's such a great, um, it's such a great experience as well, because you just get to get in contact with family, you know, and like you see like 10 screens of everyone, we just laughing, joking, playing games. So it's going to be, it's the new norm for us, but we're all here in the UK. Some of us are like um, taking it um, an advantage, you know, that, right, this is my, this is my year to change my life. You know, I can re rewrite my, rewrite my stories, you know, it's a perfect time. And this is what I've been telling to a lot of people as well. You know, this is a perfect time to, you know, if you, because you know, when you were a kid, you had these dreams of what you want to become, like a sports person or a scientist or, you know, a doctor or a nurse. And when we get older, these dreams goes away. And I just say to people, well, this is the perfect time to rewrite a story. You can, you know, I've started my, I've um, started motivating my sister to start writing again, the same as my nephew. And um, and they're both older than me, by the way. And um, <laughs> I've got people who actually, you know, um, become like personal trainers because that's what they wanted to do. But, you know, life and job gets you, you know, in that little cage, you know, so now this is the perfect time to rewrite your story. But for me, lockdown has been challenging at the beginning but i rewrite my story you know i'm um doing stuff on a daily day-to-day -day -day basis talk to people but you not know, uk for me it's been a blessing i mean the covid lockdown in the uk has been a blessing for me but for others it's been a struggle but 
they are working on the health every day. Oh, nice, nice, man. You know what's what's interesting, and I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I've had people actually get mad at me when I say COVID has been a, a great blessing for me. And I can understand why, but at the same time, it's for the reasons like you said, it's for the opportunity now to spend more time with my son. Like my son had to stay home from daycare. So I got, I mean, I was like instantaneously, I get to connect with my son for all these months. And some days I'll admit, I'm like, ah, Pamela Aubrey's on here. One of my, one of my dear friends and, and uh, I'm a co-host on her show with uh, rainbows in real life. And some days I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go crazy. She's like, Chris, remember he's a kid, you know, da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, I'm proud. But yeah, no, it's, it's been amazing. And the thing I'm most, I'm most thankful for that people sometimes tend to forget is the fact that we can do this. I mean, you think back when we were younger, there was no opportunity for this. I mean, if you thought there was a video phone, it was looked down the Jetsons. You're like, okay, one day I'm going to be able to talk to somebody on the television. I still remember being a kid going, yeah, that's never going to happen. And also we have this technology. We can do zoom dinners and zoom meetings. For me, I have met more people, not, I mean, face-to-face, -face, but not in person. I've met more people this year um, than probably any year prior. And it's been such an interesting experience, such a fun experience um, to, to see the diversity and just to make all the connections that so much now, uh, a group of us, actually, Pam and my friend Scott and a bunch of us were talking about like, okay, what are we going to do when, when everything's lifted? And we're kind of joking around, but I, I mean, there's a bit of seriousness in there. Um, is like, let's all get a motorhome. Let's get a big bus and let's just go tour around the United States. And let's all go see all these people that we've, that we met. Let's go meet the Ellie, Ellie Nicole's. Let's go meet the Larry Schneiders. Let's go meet, uh, the Robert brokers and the John Kovaches. What's up, John Kovach. What's up? What's up? Where, where's that? Where do you go? Um, yeah, John Kovach. What's going on, brother? Thank you for being here. Let me just pause for a second. Just thank you guys all for being here. Uh, Robert says, Hey, Christopher and junior. Thank you, Robert, for always being here. You're awesome. Of course, Pamela's here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Darlene says, welcome. Hello, junior. Darlene is one of our, um, absolute, um, uh, uh, misfits for life. She says double fun. Um, uh, Larry says he loves masterminds. Yes. I mean, Larry, if you guys ever want to learn how to network, or if you want Kanga water, go see Larry. He is phenomenal. I want to get Larry on this show because he is just the greatest networker I've seen. Um, and, um, yeah. And Teresa says the COVID silver linings are something we need to be thankful for. Like you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, for me, it's been a blessing and, uh, such an interesting time and a time for growth. And that's the, one of the things that surprises me about some people is that they haven't taken that advantage to, to really grow themselves and, and to, not, to get out of that, that complacency status. What is it for you, junior, that, that helps you in your life? If you could think about a, a situation in your life where you were stuck, you were down, you were, you were depressed, perhaps there was just a low point in your life. What did you personally have to do to get yourself out of that situation, to get yourself where you're at today? Well, this, this is a good question. And what has, you know, moved me in the right direction today is the people around me. Definitely hundred percent because, um, at the moment I'm uh, in the home-based business and, um, the people that I've been connected to on a daily basis have really pushed me and, make my mind grow and develop to the person who I am today. Um, so I've started this journey about three years ago, but it's only um, since last year, December, that I've connected to people that I've really and truly love. I mean, I've been connected with people for about three years in this industry, but um, I joined a, a business back in two, December 2019. And the people that I've connected since um, from then till now has been a truly best in so on. Yeah, these are the people that's actually pushed me to where I am today. You know, I contact them on a weekly basis. We do uh, Zoom meetings, training together. Um, not, um, last week, 
Thursday and Friday. Um, we went to this event in the hotel. Um, last week, we were supposed to be actually in Cancun, but because obviously with flight restrictions, we couldn't go there. So everyone in the UK was um, gutted. But, you know, we got into a hotel, obviously, um, space in between, you know, following guidelines and regulations. And um, we just watched this virtual event um, live. And, you know, with the right people around you, it even though some people say it's work, but for me, it's a different lifestyle. So I just absolutely love the people around me. So that is the key thing to, you know, push me to have the person today. It's definitely having the right people around me and the self-development as well. Mm, that's such a great answer. I love that. We were actually just talking about that in our group coaching program last night about who your five was, or who your five are. And Scott had brought up a different thing. He's like, who's your team? Who do you, who do you trust? Um, who, who's your energizer? Who's your accountability partner? And who's your mentor? Um, mm -hmm. T-A- that's only four. Uh, we talk, well, Stephen Covey talks about five. I was like, I can count. Is that four? But anyway, who's your team? And that's and that's such an important, that's such an important exercise because a lot of times we find that the people on our team, the people that we trust that are accountable and all that stuff, they're half half the time they're the same person. So I love that you bring that up because Stephen Covey does talk about that in the seven habits of highly effective people. It's like, who are the five people you're around the most? And this one thing you guys could do totally, totally easy is just take out a pad and paper and just write down the five people you're around the most, draw a line and sit there and write on right next to their name, positive or negative. Do they, do they promote you? Do they push you? Do they hold you accountable? Do they want you to achieve those people you keep in, you keep in that top spot. If they're negative or if they, they, oh, poo, poo, don't do that nah, 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 or whatever, then you need to, you need to fill that spot with somebody else. And that's not, that's not to say kick people to the curb, but if you truly want kick-ass success and you truly want to be unstoppable, you have to have that core team, that board of directors, whatever it is you want to call that is going to hold you to a higher standard. So I love that you say that junior. What did you do when you, when you were thinking about those five people, what did you do if you had somebody that was, that was perhaps, you know, somebody was bringing you down or being negative? How did you handle that situation? Oh, um, I handle it quite well. And funny you should say this because um, my, most people might relate to this, but um, earlier this year, I had to um, cut a family member. And um, I would say it, it was my dad, not really cut him out, but just, you know, I had to keep him at arm's length because, um, you know, he's always wanted to be, he, he always wanted me to uh, learn a trade. And oh, trade trade is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. If any mm -hmm. traders watching, I do apologize, but I'm not taking a dig at you. But I always had this belief that I want to be doing something else over my life. And when I told him that I got into you know um, home based business, he wasn't too happy about it, you know. And um, my father's the kind of person who you know he's um, you know is always thinking about himself. You know, like he's got six of us. You know, and um, he's not really, you know, the father type role to like reach out to you and see how you're doing. And I'll go, and I used to go around to his house, help him clean, you know, clean the house. He's like 80, I think he's 83 years old, but he's, he's still, he's, he's the kind of guy that likes to go out and walk about, gets exercise. Like if he's in his house more than two days, then I'll be worried. But if he's out every day, you know, then I know he's fine. But obviously with the current situation, he doesn't go out most of the time. And I didn't get that much support or, um, you know that's um that positiveness from him so for especially during this period i had to like you know keep him at arm's length but i'm gonna keep out reach out him every now and then so even though it was hard for me to do even though it's my dad i respect him but you know you have to have the right positive people around you you know to you know keep on going on a daily basis so this what i have to do with my dad um because there were other people but i thought i, I used my dad as an example because 
you know, blood related and I handle it very well. Um, if it was like friends outside the family, they'll be like, okay, I can, you know, I can push you one side and don't worry about you. But even though it's my dad, it's a, it's a little bit more challenging. So yeah, it's a little bit more challenging, but I thought I'd just let the viewers know because even though it's um, blood related, sometimes you do have to push family members aside, you know, to get where you want to go in life. Dude, it's true. I don't know if I don't think I don't know. You probably don't know this about me. And I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I have a sister. I have a half sister. And uh, respectfully, I don't speak with her anymore. And uh, we had reconnected back in 2005 for a minute. And I hadn't seen her since I was nine years old. And I was completely shocked and mortified, actually, how much she turned out to be like my mother, who she hated vehemently um, and left at the age of 16. And she turned out exactly like her. And I was like, okay, cool. I got the family back together. But much to my surprise, my sister was really in not a good headspace to put it nice. Um, and I, and I tried to help her and everything. And it was just crazy. One day she says, baby brother, how did you wind up to be so, to so successful? You know, you stayed all, you stayed with mom all those years. You were homeless with the mom. You know, you went through all the different things. How did you, how did you turn out like this? And I looked at her flatly and I just said, I chose to be this way. I chose to immerse myself in books and learn how not to be like mom. I chose to go to school to not be like mom. I chose to surround myself with people who are not like mom. I chose to say, those things are not working for mom. I'm going to change them. And yes, they are difficult and challenging. They still are ingrained in me to a certain extent. But I realized that if I truly wanted success and happiness in my, in my, in my life and not to be a dick about it, like my mom was, um, I had to change. And in, in a very short time, I realized that my sister was not going to change. She was, she was victim to the nth degree. Uh, I doubt if she's watching. If she is, good luck. Um, <laughs> I usually say that sometimes because I, 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 I don't know. I, it's, I, I, I got to a point where um, she had, uh, she was really draining me and I just had to wish her well, to put it mildly. Yeah. Um, there was a little email that I sent that wished her well. And at that point I was just like, I'm not gonna look back anymore. I don't want those toxic people in my life. I don't wanna have to sit there and be responsible because I saw no hope in sight that she was gonna change. She, I, I thought she would be inspired by me. Oh um, yeah, but this and that. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't, I, I literally couldn't take it. I was still dealing with my mom and I'm like, uh -uh, can't do it, wish you well, good luck, bye-bye. Cause I hadn't seen yeah. her since I was nine years old. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I look at family, honestly, Junior, and I want your thoughts on this. I look at family I and mean, we can share blood, but I have some family out in this world who I don't, I, some of them I probably haven't even met yet, um, who are just amazing supporters, people I know virtually, people I know down in New Zealand and, and Australia and India, and, and now you get in the UK. Those are my, those are my, those are my peeps. Those are my family members. How, how is that for you in, in your life, you know, replacing um, certain aspects of your family with people that are your friends? Oh, um, what do you mean compared to my family members towards friends? You mean? Yeah. Um, well, I have, even though I've got a large family myself, I'm the I'm the youngest of six, and um, and I'm 37. Like when I was literally born, I was already an uncle, so I had that title already. But um, outside the family, um, I have like friends all over the world, like like New Zealand, Australia, um, in the US. Um, where else? Um, Italy, France, and you know, just communicating with them on a daily basis, it, like it's so inspiring. And I do have some family members who support. So I have a, a large amount of family members that support what I'm doing as well. So lucky for me, you know, my network and support system is just absolutely huge. And um, I know some people are very unlucky to have that. But when I jumped into this. Um, um, business what I was doing like I think the only person that really didn't support me was my dad that I mentioned earlier but everyone else was like saying 
you know what, you know what, Junior, I like what I see what you're doing. You know what, this is one of your passions, even though you was doing other stuff about your life. I'm seeing you doing this on like a daily basis. You're helping people around the world. So for me, um, I've got a large network um, outside of um, outside my family that supports what I'm doing as well. And I think this is one of the key, key things that I love doing as well because um, when you were speaking earlier about when you when this um, COVID is over, you're going to go like, hire at um, a motorhome and you go all over the place. I've already got places, already got people in Australia saying, yeah, when, when everything's fine, you know, you can come down and spend a week down there. I've got a few people in America as well. So I just can't wait to like, get out there because I've been to America once and that was Houston, Texas for February gone. But I haven't been to Australia or New Zealand yet. And that's one of my bucket lists to go to. So I just can't wait to go and just spend time with these amazing people. Isn't it going to be, it's going to be beautiful, man. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to do it too. I can't yeah. wait to do it. We got here, we got here for comments. Um, hi, John and Pamela. Thank you guys. You got, and what the thing about my family here, dude, look at, they're all saying, Hey, what's up? They're all used to seeing each other. Hey, it's just like a little reunion here on Tuesday nights at 7 PM. Yeah. Um, Pam says, just because it's easy, just because it's easy, Jim, for me to say now that mine's 21. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because her son's 21. Yeah, okay. Um, Robert says, uh, I'm torturing myself by trying to eat pierogies before that have reached a comfortable temperature. Okay. That's random. That yeah. Was random. <laughs> Robert, Robert has, Robert has some really insightful stuff and some stuff, some stuff I have to go, what are you talking about, Robert? Um, it probably goes back to something I said before, because he's really awesome about commenting right when we're talking and I try to wait until somebody's done to kind of throw these up here. But, uh, she says, wow, true. It's hard, especially when you have supported them. Um, yes. And he says, uh, the power flows from the force. Absolutely. Teresa says road trip. Hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Teresa Turner's here now. Hey, what's up? So I got two Teresa's. I got Teresa Turner and Teresa Silcox in here. Thank you both. Both of them are awesome. Crystal Rye is in here. What's up, Crystal? Um, you guys are all absolutely amazing. Um, let's see what he says here. When live streaming was becoming popular on Google Hangouts on air, a show had been born, one that required me to show up as me and nothing but me together with Simon and Dean. We had fun for 5.5 years. Yeah. I mean, I remember my, one of my first shows was a Google Hangout show called three sides of the coin. It was myself, Audra Irwin and, um, Oh geez, I'm going to forget her name. I can totally see her. Uh, she's going to kill me, but she's not watching. Um, yeah, it was really crazy. It was, we were three different people, three totally different types of personality. We were having lunch one day and we were in a mastermind together. Like we should do a show and just talk about three sides of the coin. Um, but that's not related to the topic we're talking about here. So I'm going to get back on track. Uh, one of the things that really made me um, curious about you, Junior, and learning about it was that you were a stand-up comedian for four years um, talk to us about that experience. Talk to us about what it was life on the road and, and a little bit maybe behind the scenes of what goes on with the people and what you learned from that experience. Okay. Um, so yeah, I used to do stand-up comedy for about four years. Um, I'll just tell you a little story how I got into it. So, um, so in the UK, there's some places in, uh, especially London, you have to have a plus one to perform stand-up. So I was following my friend for about a year. We went to different places around London. Uh, we had a nice little favourite spot we go to every Tuesdays um, in Kentish Town, which is about uh, northwest London. And I was following for about a year. And uh, when I was younger and with your friends, you know, there was always that funny one within the group and that I was that funny one. And people used to say to me when I was younger, oh, you should do stand-up comedy, you're such, you're so funny. I was like, oh, no, I, I can't do that. Like, that's, the stage is not for me. 
So um, when I was following that um, person for about a year, I, um, you know, we went, we went different places in London and I absolutely enjoyed it. The atmosphere was absolutely lovely. You know, the host was really good. You know, the, um, it was just an amazing experience. And then after one gig, I just sat down in the corner of the room, just watching everyone. I thought, you know what, I could, I want to give this a shot. You know, I thought, let me just step up my comfort zone. Let me just see what it's like. So we went to this um, one uh, this one place that we went to every Tuesday, one of our um, regular gig. Even if he wasn't performing or not, we were always going down there and support the show. And I said to the host, um, you know what, I really want to do um, five minutes, you know, come and do my first uh, first show ever. Do you mind if I do it? And she said, yeah, that's no worries, Junior. I mean, you're a great guy. You're cool. People will love you. I'll get, like to give you a spot. So I said, all right, cool. Give me about a month. Let me prepare some material and I'll come and jump on. And then she said, oh, no, 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 I'm not giving you a month. I'm giving you two weeks. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> two weeks? Oh, my gosh. So, um, but right then, I had a few material already planned. So I just write, wrote down some more. And then um, two weeks came up, you know, and um, what they do is if there's a new app coming on, they will say to you, they will say to the crowd, okay, we've got this new person coming on. You know, you just uh, give them lots of um, support and encouragement. And um, I went on, I done my first five minutes. And, um, it went down great, you know, people coming to me after my sister, oh, you done really well, that was great, you know, I love what you did, I like how you talk about your family, and it was cool. And then I remember I had this two or three minute little argument with this drunken dude, and uh, <laughs> went to the bar. It was me, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> and um, I had had this little um, debate with him, he said, was that your first performance ever? I said, yeah, it was. I said, I don't believe you. And this went on for like two or three minutes. And I said to myself, hold on, why am I having an argument with a drunken dude? So I just said, you know what? You know, uh, you know, I you know, don't mean to you know disrespect you, but I'm gonna go away now because it's getting a little bit heated. So I went. And then the next week, Tuesday, we went uh, the following week we went back there and um he was there again, but he was more sober this time. You know, he came up to me, he was um apologetic, um, he was um, he apologized and listen, I'm really sorry about last week, you know, I was drunk. You know, I don't know what came over me, but was that your first performance ever? And I said, yeah, it was. And he said, you know what, you did really great. So keep up, keep it up. So cool. And um, so, yeah, my journey then, from then, um, I, you know, taught not, not so much around the UK, but just more in London, just picking five minute spots. And, um, and what I've learned over the years is that when you're doing um, stand-up comedy, you know, your confidence does grow. You know, you get to tell more about your story and you're not giving a damn about who um, who listens, you know. Some people are going to like you, some people are going to hate you. And you get to read other people as well. And um, before you before you go on stage and after you have hang out with all the other comics, you know, and you get to know a little bit about them. You get to know a little, little bit more about them, um, their personalities, what they um, do outside of comedy, if they're doing comedy full-time, they give you, if they're doing comedy for... Um, X amount of years, like five years or more, you know, they can give you some tips on how to, you know, how to, um, how to stand on stage, how to hold the mic, you know, how to, um, wait a minute, wait a minute, how, how, wait, 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 stop you right there. How to hold a mic? Yeah, because sometimes if you, for example, you can hold a mic like this or like this, but you, um, as long as you got it close to your mouth and people can see you. Yeah. So it, it some people, yeah, they actually teach you how to hold a mic as well. Yeah. But I, I just think it's sounds like right? No, yeah. <laughs> Don't you go there. Oh, the guy walked into the bar the other day and yeah. <laughs> but it's I true. Mean, you, 
Sorry? I said, I made you laugh. I must be a comedian. Everyone's a comedian. You know, it just depends on like the certain people that you use, you um, hang around with as well. But um, yeah, so um, um, I learned quite a lot from um, this com um, these comics and I've actually implemented them on my life on a daily basis, you know. So I talk to people um, uh, every day, you know, like through Zooms or like um, Facebook Messenger or Instagram um, um, DMs. And, you know, especially with these current times going on, I just try to put a little humor in, in, the, in the texts. And, you know, it just makes it a lot more easier to talk to these people because they've been cooped up in the house. They need that sort of, that buzz, that excitement, that laughter. And I just provide them on that on a, on a daily basis with them. Mm, nice, nice. What was, the, what was the content of your comedy? Was it about family? Was it about society? Was it about yourself? What was the framework of what you were, what you were joking about? Basically, what you just said there, most of it was family. Um, sometimes, but when I take about trips, um, relationships, and um, yeah, those are the those are the, uh, main areas I talked about. But um, you know, I didn't really um, push um, comedy as far as I could because the reason why I got into comedy is because at the time when I started, my mom was ill with uh, cancer, and it was terminal, so I had to. It was kind of like an escape route for me. You know, so that's why I started it, and I think that happened subconsciously. And then, um, I think it was 2000, yeah, 2015. Yeah, I started in 2015, and then, um, about uh, last, yeah, last year, May, um, you know, things like went slow down, and I realized that I got into comedy just because of those reasons, and my passion for it actually just went down. Mm. And um, I remember when I made that decision, I had five gigs in one week and I cancelled all of them because I knew it just wasn't for me the right vehicle. Yeah, so um, I just made that decision to like, you know what, it's it's lovely, you know, it's it's fun, but it just wasn't the right path for me. But I saw that as a, a positive journey, you know, all the information, all the people that I gathered through comedy, you know, the knowledge and the information they gave me, I just still have that today and it's still embedded in my, in my brain. So without those people, you know, I wouldn't be the person who I am today as well. Damn, dude. I love that. I love that you say that. I love that you say that because every experience for, for me and for all you guys out there, um, what is she doing? Oh, God. Uh, hang on one sec before I, before I, I got to see this. Sure. Oh my gosh. Typing on phone with nails, LOL. Oh, because you made a spelling mistake. Well, cut your nails or use voice. <laughs> yeah. Teresa says, love it. Yes, absolutely. Um, when the thing that I was thinking about with, when you were talking about that junior and you kind of alluded to it for a second, I want to go to that. One of the, one of the biggest challenges that I had in overcoming some obstacles in my belief system was the fact that I could not take criticism. I was, I was, I was immediately when I felt like I was getting criticism or I felt like I wasn't getting somebody's approval, I would shut down. I would be, I would be quiet. I would make myself small. As a comedian, obviously, I've been, I've been to tons of comedy shows and I've seen you know, the assholes out there and everything. How do you deal with that and not take that personal and, and, and be able to segue that into your life? Like, okay, listen, you know, somebody can have an opinion of, of the content, but perhaps it's not an opinion of me. How do you delineate that? And how, do you be, how do you make that become stronger? Because there's so many, we call them snowflakes these days. There's so many snowflakes these days and people take so much shit personally and they're like, oh, I'm offended by that and all this other crap. And I'm saying be offended on things that are super important, but don't be offended about every single thing. Don't be fucking offended about Starbucks putting a fucking Christmas tree or whatever they did on the on the on the cup. That shit blows my mind. I don't even know what it was, but it was something about oh, I don't want 
yeah, no, that's not fair. Oh God, Jesus Christ. Come on. Um, so how do you handle that stuff? Because I think that could definitely help our viewers, uh, tonight with that might be struggling with that. You mean like handle criticism? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Be um, I handle it very well because if someone's been in, um, in the industry longer than I have, then whatever they say, I know it's golden. I know, remember when I was younger, someone used to tell me like, this is the way, this is not the way I had to do stuff. I was like a baby in a pram, you know, just throwing my toys out of the basket. Like, no, I'm gonna do it my own way. But you know, if um, criticism, if someone's been doing something longer than I have, then I would just sit down, listen, take it in, um, do it their way. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you know, I will say to them like, well, I did what you said, it doesn't actually work. You know, do you have any more advice? Because, you know, if you just, you know, if you do um, stuff your own way, so many times it doesn't get you nowhere. You need someone, you need that person who's, um, who is where you want to be and you're going to take advice. So sometimes I think, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm not great at everything. You know, I'm still learning on a day-to-day basis. And I still ask questions, you know, like if I'm really struggling with something, I will ask questions, you know, they criticize me, I will sit down discipline and like, okay, yep, yeah, sure, I'll do this. I'll do X, Y, Z, that's do what you say, you know? And um, yeah, I, I, this is what I do. I take it, um, take criticism quite easily because I remember um, if I just tell a little story about this comedy competition that I went in, I'll be very quick. Um, so this is competition um, in uh, London and um, it's called King Gong in a, in a comedy store. And what you do is that you have five minutes to perform your best material. And in the crowd, randomly picked, there's uh, three audience members that have these red cards. And if you don't, uh, if you don't make them laugh, you can put their cards up straight away within 30 seconds after your first joke. So it's absolutely, wow. it's absolutely brutal. If you think of the film uh, 300, then <laughs> it's something like that. <laughs> if the crowd don't like you, Holy shit. you, they kick you off the stage. It's that brutal. And um, I remember the first time I went on there, and um, you know I lasted about three minutes on my first attempt, which is quite good. But then um, mm-hmm. some people were saying, "Oh, you know, you spoke too quickly. They couldn't understand what you were saying. Um, some of the jokes that you told are quite old. Maybe you know, come up with something new." So all right, I listened to them, and then I did that the second time round. But the second time round, I lasted about one minute this mm. time, and I was like, "It's the same thing." And I was blaming, I was blaming the crowd. I was saying, "Well, you don't understand my jokes." You know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't taking responsibility of my own performance. And then um, the sec, the third time I went on, I must have done about what two minutes. And when I was when that when I did. When I did that performance, I didn't even stay for the rest of the night. I just walked out. I was like, you know what? I'm, I was like angry. I was like, no, you don't understand. Yeah, middle <laughs> fingers, everything swearing. And I walked out. And then, um, you know, my um, I spoke to one of the um, one of these hosts that does uh, does a night in central London, and he gave me this um, rule of each joke you tell, you know, you got to mark yourself out of ten. You know, listen to your material three times over. Mark yourself three times because the first time you're not gonna, um, first time you're not gonna be honest with yourself. The second time you're not gonna be honest again, but the third time you give your honest opinion. So I graded myself, and the fourth time I went to this comedy competition, 
I passed the five minutes, but I didn't win the evening. So I take criticism very well. You know, I listen to people. And if you, you know, have that right mindset of, yep, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, how you told me to do it, life will be simple and easy for you. But if you just keep rejecting other people's opinions, you know, you do your stuff your own way, you're not going to get anywhere in life. Mm-hmm. Amen, brother. I mean, that's, that's the point. Like I talked about at the beginning of the show about having coaches and having mentor mentors in your, in your, your, your five, your accountability partners, you have to be receptive to, and I, I, I don't even call it criticism. When I was, when I was in corporate and I was, a, and I was a director of operations, you know, I said, what kind of criticisms do you have for me? I would like, I have feedback for you. It's not, a, it's yeah. a, I think criticism can have a negative connotation, but I just have some simple feedback that can either get you further ahead in life if you choose to take it, or you can stay where it is that you want to be. And for me, I know that, like I said before, having taken that, that criticism when I was younger and like, Oh, I'm not enough. And and, da, 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 da. and when I finally got to the point where I was looking at what successful people did, successful people sat there and they surrounded themselves with people who are brighter and smarter and better and more skilled than they are because they can sit there and say, Hey dude, you're fucking up. Hey, right there. You fucked up. Here's what you do when you fuck up. Boom. Okay. Wow. I'm not going to fuck up again. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's the people that don't tell you what's going on and you sit there and do it over and over and over again. And then for them, they're like, Oh, they keep doing that. I wish they wouldn't do that anymore. And then they never tell you. And then you don't get a chance to become stronger. So I love that you said that Herbert or junior. I was thinking about your, your last name. Um, I love that you said that uh, because it's so paramountly important into what we're going to do as far as growing. And it leads me to the other question that I've been asking a lot of people lately that I've been hung up on and it's the, the word your best right now, when you think about you, you doing your best, what does that mean to you, junior? Think about what it is that your best is. My best, I would say that, um, it's a good question. That's a good question. I believe that, um, I believe that I, I believe that I'm good at many things. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm best at it, but I would say I'm always improving and getting better. Let me reframe that. What do you, how do you consider, like when you're thinking about, like for me, I I did something, it was a couple, it was three or four years ago and I was putting my wallet, my keys on my dresser. And I said, well, I did the best I could. And I realized I'm like, what is my best? What is like my personal integrity best? Because I went back to my childhood and I thought, okay, what do they say to you, Chris? Chris, did you do the best you could? And you're like, "Um, yeah, I did the best I could. Okay, we'll do better. They never define what the best is and they never define what better is, but we're led to believe the rest of our life that if we did our best, then we should be okay. We should be off the hook. As far as that self-accountability, when you're thinking about your day and you're thinking about the work that you're doing, how do you define what your best is? Is it blood, sweat, and tears? How do you know that you did your best when you say you do your best? Right, okay. Your- so, yeah, Um. so for me, I think it's when at the end of the day, you're in your bed, you know, you're laying down and you just think about how your day went. So you know what? For example, if you went to the gym and says, you know what? I didn't, you know, when I was working out my legs or my arms, you know, I didn't feel the pain. Did I really do my best today? You know, or, you know, if you're, um, or if I'm trying to, you know, close a client, you know, I said, oh, did I ask the right questions? Did I do my best? You know, or um, for example, um, oh, just trying to say, if I go out for a run, you know, so I've got a, a, a dodgy, I've got, well, I say a dodgy right knee, but I've got arthritis in my right knee. You know, and what I do is I run around um, the block at least about, you know, five times. You know, if I'm not sweating or if I'm not out of breath, I said, would I would have done my best? And I think about this every single night when I go to bed. And if I you know if I know I haven't done my best tomorrow, I'll up my game. Mm-hmm. 
up your game. That's, yeah. I, I, that's exactly what I was just saying on a coaching call earlier. I said, you know, for me, and this is how I, I have a different way of defining my best uh, in different situations. But for me, based on what you just said, I look back at who I was a week ago and I want to look back and say, I've grown since then. Even yeah. if it's minutely, then I just continue to grow. And I just force myself into situations that are uncomfortable because like you said, standing up in front of a crowd of people and, and doing comedy, that is immensely uncomfortable. And I believe, and I can say this with, with, a, with, with, uh, with absolute guarantee that most of us don't put ourselves in uncomfortable situations because what we're taught to be comfortable. We're taught to not have pain. We're taught to be okay. You know, don't go do that. You'll get hurt. Blah, blah, blah. All these little childhood things that, that mess us up. When, when, when mom says to the kid, don't go get hurt. What they're saying is necessarily is like, I don't want to have to deal with it. If you get hurt. And I even find myself with my son, I'm like, Hey buddy, be careful. And I'm like, he's not really listening to me. But what I'm saying is I don't want to deal with it when he falls off and cracks his head open and I got to take him to the hospital. And it's so true. Now that I'm a parent, I'm like, okay, but think about the impact of those words have. Yeah. Um, you have mentioned a few times here that you talk to quite a few people every day. What is it that, that you are giving them that, that gives them that light to continue on or, or gives them that feedback that, that allows them to become stronger? Um, because you mentioned it many times. And I know in our previous conversation, we talked a lot about personal development. How do you incorporate that in your life? And how do you help other people, especially now in what they might be having issues with? Um, so um, when I talk to people on a daily basis, I would... I'll start off with like, how's your day? You know, what are you going through at the moment? Um, is the family and your friends are okay? And I remember this one conversation I had with this um, friend that I used to go um, uh, high school with. And um, I haven't spoke, spoken to her for about maybe, what, 10 years? We, uh, we found each other on Facebook. She's actually suffering from anxiety. And uh, she just, you know, she told me her story, you know, how uh, she's, she's got a child, you know, and stuff. And being a mother and having anxiety is really challenging for her. So I kind of said to her, like, well, what do you, for her to, you know, have a good life? I said, what do you want for your, what do you want for your children? You know, when your child grows up, is it, you know, to have a good future, you know, to, um, you know, experience the things that you, you didn't experience when you was a child? And she actually really sat down and thought about it. And she wants, you know, her child to go to college, go to university, and um, you know, have married, um, get married, you know, find the right person, and you know, start having children. And I said to her, well, "Have you, you know, have you actually planned it out? You know, um, you know, what college do you want? You want your daughter to go to? What university do you want your daughter to go to?" And she never really thought about this. So we've actually just, you know, I said to her, "Well, you know what." Whatever you want your daughter, just whatever you want for your daughter in the future, you know, sit down, write about it. You know, I haven't got any kids myself, but you know, I can find out, uh, you know, connect you with the right people who can support you on how to, you know, write down your plans, you know, your future. And, you know, I'm still speaking to her today and she's actually writing her steps down to how for her, for her daughter to write to, to have a better life. So I like these impacts that I'm putting on people because I believe that I'm a people person, you know, I like to help people in their life and um, just helping that one person, you know, and, um, you know, she's doing um, very great now. Her anxiety levels, anxiety level has come down a bit, especially during this time as well. She's focusing on her daughters, um, you know, she's focusing on even reaching out um, people that we used to go to school with. Thinking about having a little Zoom um, reunion as well. She's so she's 
focusing on like the future and she's not worried about the um, current situation. She's not worried about her past anymore. So I thought that I've done my, uh, absolute, I felt like I've done great, you know, just helping one person as well. <clears throat> oh, I thought, I thought you froze for a second. I was like, Oh no, 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 definitely. No, definitely helping, helping, helping somebody. Um, like I said before, is one of the greatest gifts that you could possibly do. Um, one thing I noticed that you're doing now is you're doing a morning show. You're doing coffee with junior. What is that all about? Is that, is that, that, is that a show that you got a specific content in there and a particular delivery yeah. style and a, and an audience that you're serving? I love it. Yeah. So, um, it's just basically freestyling. I mean, I think one of the things I've learned about comedy, uh, standard comedy is that you've got to think on the spot. So for, let me just challenge myself because I know when I was growing up, I always had these, um, uh, my day structured out. Like, okay, if I was at work, okay, so today I've got to do these emails in the morning. I've got to catch up with my manager at 10 o'clock. At 10.30, I've got a meeting. So I thought, coffee with Junior, let me just wake up in the morning with my brains, you know, I had a good rest, good good night's sleep. What can I talk about? So it's um, basically about, you know, inspiring people. You know, what I've been through um, throughout my life, how I've uh, come out the other end. And I just, because you know, there's so many people out there that's going to relate to you with stuff, trials and tribulations that you've been through. So I thought, let me just do Coffee in the Morning with Junior. Um, I just come on the show um, an hour before uh, hour before it starts. I thought, okay, what topic can I talk about today? I write down some bullet points. And I probably, I leave like tips at the end of the day, like free tips, how to um, get motivated, free tips on, um, you know, what you should do before you go, before you go to sleep. Um, what kind of books you should be reading, you know, how to keep yourself healthy. And this is this is what I do on a daily basis. I'll be open and honest. I haven't been uh, consistent with it over the past couple of weeks, but um, I'm looking to maybe do it at least once a week now on, um, I don't know, maybe on a Wednesday or a Friday. But what I do as well, I invite people on and interview them and how speak, uh, speak to them about how their life has been over the past couple of months what it used to do before, what, um, if you've got kids, you know, what's your life like? So, yeah, I, I, I got inspired by you as well because when I see you doing your talks, I was like, okay, let me take a few notes from Chris and what he's doing and how he's talking to his people. But, yeah, it's um, it's a good thing that I want to do continuously as well. Awesome, man. No, it's it's great. I mean, I love the fact that you said learning how to speak on the spot. It's one of the things that I love about my show, Raw and Unscripted. That's why I came up with this, this title because – in my previous show, the kick-ass radio show I did for two and a half years, I was constantly like making notes and I'm going to talk about this. And I'm like, I even got to the point where I started writing some of it out because <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't want to forget what I was going to say because I'm so passionate about what I'm going to say. And it's God given everybody knows that sometimes I'm going to go down a trail and I'm going to forget what I'm going to say. That's just who I am. I yeah. have passion. I have all these different topics in my head. So rather than fight it and try to be so, okay, I'm going to say these things. It's going to be all perfect. I was like, I want a fucking show where I could just talk. And just like formulate my thoughts as I go, because it does make me a better thinker. It makes me a better um, communication person too, because now I pick and choose my words very carefully when I'm not under this type of situation where I can go, you know what? I don't have to blurt out the first thing that's in my brain. So it's caught, it's actually helped me become a better listener now yeah. that I don't feel like I have to interject something all the time. When I first started the Ron Unscripted show, um, I was kind of like that. I was, I felt like I was interviewing everybody and I was like, okay, pump the brakes, Chris, calm down, calm yeah. down. You're not, you're not in interviewer mode right now. Um, you're not in shot, talker mode right now. So um, yeah, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, guys, is absolutely one of the most phenomenal aspects of growth that you could put yourself in. Um, back in the day, 
and I still do this to a certain extent in COVID, it's a little bit more difficult for me now, but I would go out there and I would do something that was uncomfortable every single week. That way I knew I was growing. I was like, okay, today I'm going to go to a networking event. I'm going to, instead of just talking to two people, I'm going to, I'm going to give myself a challenge that I cannot leave until I talk to 10 people for five minutes a piece. So I would, I mean, that was uncomfortable for me as much as I'm an extrovert. I'm like, I don't want to go fucking network blah, blah, blah. And what's funny is I love networking online, but yeah, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is, is an awesome idea to continue that growth and thinking on your feet is, it's just an exciting way to live. It's alive. You're not planning something. You're not worried about perfection. You're not worried about the ums and the ahs and, oh, wow, if I have a technical problem, it's like, it's life. Yeah. It's life. And that's, and that's the beauty I love about that. Um, we have a couple other people in here, Rob, Rob, uh, Rob Morgan. Hello, junior. And hello, Chris. Rob was on my uh, Facebook live or my live this morning. Um, and he reached out to me. So we're going to do some stuff together. Um, Rob says, I do my best when I help others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. <clears throat> I love it. Pam says she's got to run. You guys are awesome. Thank you for sharing these messages tonight. Absolutely. We know you're, uh, you're a few hours ahead of us. Um, junior's just getting up in the morning and all the rest of us are going to sleep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Robert says, yeah, anxiety does suck a great deal. I know I have, uh, I have had anxiety issues for most of my life and I didn't realize that I was self-medicating with either marijuana or alcohol. Um, and, and I was like, okay, wow. And, and then there was a point in my life where I was like, okay, I wasn't taking anything. I wasn't, wasn't drinking or anything. And I was just like, okay, this feels crazy. So I went on, got on, on a little, like a microscopic dose of Xanax or not Xanax. It was, um, Zoloft and man, I was surprised at how much calmer I felt. It was like, imagine the way I was talking just now. And then all of a sudden I'd be like this. So junior, tell me about a time in your life when I was like, it took all the gas out of my tank. I became like this melancholy. I didn't have anxiety anymore. I didn't have nervous energy anymore, but I just became kind of just like, Oh, Hey babe. Um, what are we having for dinner? I just became kind of just really mellow. Yeah. And, and everybody was like, man, you seem mellow. It seems crazy. I kind of miss the, the the excitement and the and the, the spazzes and all this other stuff and just being you. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And so I went off of it and I told I told my I told my um my I got it through my ADD doctor. Yeah. I, I, she said, well, maybe it'll calm you down and be able to think better. And I just hated the fact that it just took away my personality. But yeah, anxiety does suck. How do you deal with anxiety? What are some of your tips for dealing with anxiety that doesn't involve um, substances? Oh, how do I do with anxiety? Um, just talking to people. You know, I talk to people. Um, I do a bit of reading, uh, listen to music, have a little, have a little boogie or dance in my bedroom. Um, but yeah, deal, deal, deal with anxiety. It's um, I talk to other people that has anxiety as well, and I question them. What do you do? You know, because um, there's so many people out there that has that anxiety and you know um some people have been suffering way more longer than i have you know so i just get tips to them and just talking to them about it and then after i've um you know one of the best things that i've actually started doing for about maybe a year now is doing meditation and i do meditation mm -hmm. in the morning and i absolutely love it you know i used to do it for 10 minutes but then i realized for 10 minutes you know it's not long enough because i like to you know, close my eyes and breathe and just visualize what I want in my life. And, um, you know, I do this for like 15 to 20 minutes a day. And uh, especially with the job I do, it can be quite stressful, you know, because you're talking to negative people. So when I do, you know, when I do the meditation in the morning, um, I know I'm really talking to these type of people, a lot of positive people, but a lot of negative people out there as well. So 
meditation has helped a lot, you know, because, um, you know, it kind of calms you down, put you in that calm situation and peaceful. And you just, you know, when you go there on your laptop, right, and you think, okay, there are going to be some people out there you're going to be talking about who are quite hot-headed, hot-headed, but just realize it's because of the current situation, they're trapped in the cage. Don't take it out of them. Don't take it personally. And, um, yeah, meditation is definitely one thing I do. You know, I do it in the morning and I do it in the evening. And this is how it's got me through the past uh, seven, eight months. Mm. I love yeah. that you say that. I love it. It's some meditation is something that I, you know, I opened the show with talking about my tagline about the self-help fluffy bullshit. And some of that yeah. stuff was the fluffy bullshit, but now I've opened my mind and I've expanded my, my parameters on what I think is fluffy and bullshit. And meditation is, is, is actually a great aspect of being able to, to calm your mind and to sit still. Um, for me, with my brain, uh, my buddy Scott has sent me meditations. We got meditations in our group coaching program for every week. There's a different meditation. So I've been really forced to, to do these meditations alongside my, the, the clients that we have. And, um, uh, I haven't reached that point where it's like, Oh my God, this is a panacea or I, I feel like I've, I'm gone, but it does force me to sit there and relax, do my deep breathing and do my visualization. And just to take a moment, just take a beat for ourselves. I mean, how many yeah. times do we sit quietly for 10 or 15 minutes and just enjoy the peace and quiet and just let our minds run free or, or focus on our dreams and our passions. Um, Junior, we're, we're about almost at the hour mark. If you could believe that we've been talking this long already and I want to respect everybody's time here on the show. Uh, sometimes I've gone like an hour and a half and they're like, Chris, I got to go. It's already 10 o'clock here. And uh, yeah. here on the East coast, it is now uh, 11 o'clock almost on the East coast. So it's almost eight o'clock brother. I've appreciated you being on here. I know that um, people can get a hold of you um, on your Instagram. It's underscore junior underscore Herbert. That's correct. Yeah. 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 So guys connect with junior, you know, I mean, obviously he is, he's got a heart of gold. He's talking to so many different people every single day, get on his Instagram, get on his, uh, his coffee with junior in the morning. You can obviously friend request him through Facebook. Um, just a magnificent soul junior. I've appreciated you being here tonight. What are some final words you have for the people that are watching to have them get set for a rock in 2021? Well, um, funny enough, I was speaking to someone about this um, a few hours ago. So I would say for you to have an amazing rock and roll in 2021, not only 2021, but going on for future, you know, start planning from now. Because what most people do is like, they say, yeah, I want a new year, new year, new me, all that um, resume jazz. And they start it, they start the journey January 1st. Mm. You know what happens when you start your, start your journey January 1st? You know, you go two weeks in, you quit. So I would say for you, for your 2021 to be awesome, start planning from now. What do you want to happen in your life 2021? You know, do you want to have better, um, uh, do you want to be more healthy? Do you want to be more wealthy? You know, do you want to connect with your friends and family a lot more? You know, do you, whatever you want to do, start planning from now and start implementing from now as well. I know Christmas is coming up as well, so health is not probably one of the best things to talk about, you know, but you can even start doing that now. So what we now March is that, for, no, well, in the UK is March and life. So start planning from now, start doing these little daily activities on a day-to-day -day basis. So when January 1st is coming, like you're used to it, it's in your system and you can just carry on with it. So I would say start planning from now rather than January 1st, because when January 1st comes and you start doing it, you know it's not gonna happen. Mm, dude, dude, you're preaching to the choir. You are preaching to the <laughs> choir. 
Um, man, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for getting up uh, at the at the before the crack of dawn over there in the UK uh, to yeah. be here live with us on the Raw and Scripted Show. Um, it's been a blast talking with you for an hour. And we could definitely just keep going and keep going. I keep going. I have so many other questions I want to ask you. So I'll have you back on the show um, to be able to have you um, to have some more conversations with you guys. Um, but yeah, connect with them. It's underscore junior Herbert underscore Herbert. Um, go connect with them on Instagram. Uh, what a great soul. And uh, maybe perhaps we'll have you back on and resurrect your comedy career. I know I saw a comment in here from uh, from Rob saying, give us some comedy. Uh, so maybe I can hit you up for a little comedy. We could do a, maybe we could do a, a little improvisation or something like that. Did you do improvisation at all? I haven't. I don't do impro um, improv, but um, I've seen it on TV. I absolutely love it. So yeah, I'm more than down to do it. Okay, Bob, we're standing in a grocery store. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I love improv. I, that that thinking on your feet thing. Me and my yeah. buddy used to do that. We it was. I, this is funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna end with this real quick. Um, me and my buddy used to stand like and we'd be out in public somewhere and be like. Hey Bob, how does it feel to be out of jail? And I'm like, oh Jim, God, it feels so good. I am so thankful. Like, yeah, you were in there for 20 years. I'm like, yeah, I know, but your sister enjoyed it. You know, but uh, <laughs> we, just, we would just do riffing stuff and stuff like that. And he'd be like, so Bob, how do you feel about your AIDS diagnosis? It was stuff that was not funny either. Um, yeah. and we would just do stuff like that and just riff. So um, we'll bring some comedy to the raw and scripted show. We're gonna bring some comedy to our unfiltered experience show that we're going to be doing Friday nights, uh, coming up 5 PM starting January, something like that. So we'll have you on there as well, but thank you, brother. Stay in the back room, stay in the green room, have some M&Ms, have some coffee. I'll be right back. I'm going to see you over there. I'm just going to end out the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, wow. There you have it. Junior Herbert live from the UK telling us about what it takes to handle criticisms, what it takes to stay motivated, what it takes to have a kick-ass life, what it takes to reduce anxiety, what it takes to prepare for a 2021. If you weren't writing down your notes, you should be writing down your notes. Shame on you. But again, just want to run through and just say thank you to the Teresa Wilcox. Thank you, Darlene. Thank you, Ellie Nicole. Thank you, Larry Schneider. Thank you, John Kovac. Thank you, Pamela Aubrey. Um, thank you, Robert Broker. You rock. Um, thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Teresa. Um, Megan Watson, what's up? I missed you. I'm so sorry, Megan. I missed you. Thank you so much for being here. You're a rock star. Rob Morgan, thank you for being here as well and connecting with me earlier today. Um, you know, listen, guys, you know, it's coming to the end of the year. And like Junior said, no better time than right now to make that decision, to make that commitment, to make that promise to yourself that 2021 is going to be a kick-ass year, that you're going to want to look back at the end of 2021 and go, wow, I did my best. And I want you guys out there to, to really consider what your best is. Are you doing your best right now in your job, in your relationship, with your goals, with your diet and exercise, with your church, with your, with your charitable contributions? Are you doing your best? Life is short, guys. Life is super short. And it's a shame that we don't realize that it is that short until we get older or until we get to the point where we can't do some of the things that we wanted to do when we were younger. Um, make those lists now and determine what it is that you're willing to commit, what you're willing to sacrifice to be there. Again, I got this master class coming up Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's all about what's going on in our group coaching program. It's free. If nothing else, come there, get the information and be able to use that. But of course, we want you in the group. That's how you exponentially change your trajectory from, oh man, I'm comfortably miserable and life sucks and I hope, wish and pray it changes to holy shit, this is really cool. But that takes sacrifice. That takes investment. That takes creativity. Um, that takes, you know, uh, tenacity. You can sit there and say, okay, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to spend the money because I want to go buy all this other shit or there's something that I, that I can sell, but I don't want to sell it because it's comfortable. 
Um, you could do that and, and still try to make it on your own and 10 years look down the road and go, wow, I'm, I'm still not quite there. I'm just saying this from my own point of view, it's not a sales tactic, but I would not be sitting in front of you had I not invested in myself in programs before and making sure I was around the right people. So please do that for yourself. And if you want, reach out. If you haven't taken me up on my, my free coaching offer, I'm still doing it. I'm probably gonna end that at the end of the year because I have to protect my own um, my own self and make sure that my business is thriving in everywhere, every way I possibly can. But again, I can't thank you guys enough for being here on the Ron and Scripted Show, spending your time with us, um, all the comments. And please, if this episode has impacted you, please, please share this. My goal is to reach as many possible, many people as I possibly can with my message, with my voice, with my heart, with my passion, because we all need it. And there's 7 billion people out there on the planet. And it's our responsibility to get out there and spread good news and spread authentic, positive development news, which is what I bring to you guys every single week. So again, if there's anything I could do for you, please reach out to me, uh, send me an email, send me a Facebook message, send me whatever it is that you got to. And I'm here to help. Obviously, um, we have a great family here. And I just want to thank you again for spending your time with us. And we look forward to seeing you next week on the Ron and Scripted Show. Always, as always, stay unstoppable, stay classy, and uh, remember to love yourself, all right? Cheers. Bye.